What would we do, baby, without us? Shalala. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode we'll be discussing Season 4, Episode 4 of Family Ties. This episode is titled Designated Hitter, and it originally aired on the 24th of October, 1985. And with me, as always, to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Hey, how you doing, Phil? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Is it weird to say Happy New Year when it's already like a couple weeks into the year? Yeah, we're like almost, what, like almost three weeks. Yeah. Here. Like, that does seem a little, hmm. I'm going to allow it. I'll allow it. You know, we're closer to January 1st than December 31st, so... That's true. And it's our first show of the new year, so I think that counts. Right? And it turns out everything's coming up fours. Season four, episode four. Episode four, the 24th. Oh. I mean, I guess there's a four in there. Yeah. (laughs) 84. Oh, wait, you said 85. Plus one. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, uh, how was your break? I was. It was pretty good. We had a great Christmas, good time with family, good New Year celebration, and we're back, back at it now. Nice. How about you? Uh, good. We ended up. Uh, I think I had told you before we were going to go up to Oregon, and we left Christmas night. So we got up in the morning, did all the presents. Heidi's brother came over, and then they all left. And then we took a little short nap and got up and got out of the house about 1.30, I think, in the morning. Oh, my gosh. And you drove all the way straight through? Straight through. How many hours again? Uh, so it's typically about 13 to get there. This time it took 15 oh. um, because there was snow starting at uh, Shasta all the way oh, on yeah. up to their house. So luckily wow. we never had to put chains on, but it was my first time driving in up. Uh, pretty snowy conditions like got real white a couple of times and uh, got wow. a little nervous but have you ever put chains on uh one time on an old honda civic i had it's not fun <laughs> no 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 i can't imagine it never looks like fun so i've had to do it a lot of times in my life since my parents live up in the mountains yes probably i probably put on chains 20 20 times something like that Oof. and it never gets more fun does it ever it's get faster irritating. though it does. I mean, I know how to do it, but it's cold, it's dirty, you're laying around in the gravel, and I don't know. Yeah, because you usually have a, like a pullover spot or whatever to put them on, right? Yeah. Now, do you, uh, chains or cables, you know, which one do you go with? Well, let's see. On our car, I mean, it's, I mean, I guess technically it's probably cables. I don't know. It's like half Cable, half chain, I don't know what you call it. Yeah, they've got like links or something because I ended up buying cables because that's what was available at the store for the rental van. And then uh, I returned them because we didn't need them or use them. You didn't have to use them. Yes. So that was good because I ended up saving a bunch of money. (laughs) This is a really silly story. But since we're talking about car chains, our car, we have a Scion and we got it like shortly after moving to Yukaipa, right after we moved here. This was a little over 11 years ago. Uh, Janelle was out on the freeway. She got in a car accident. The guy like hit and run, side swiper and took off whole thing. So anyway, we got a new car and about, I don't know, a couple years later, we were going up to Big Bear and I said, oh, you know, it's great. This car came with chains. There's chains already back in the wheel well. 
Um, and so we were able to just, you know, put them right on. It came with chains. And my dad's like, your car came with chains? I've never heard of that. And I'm like, yeah, it, there's, they're in there in the wheel well. And so we pulled them out because I had to put on the chains up at their house. And as I pulled them out, the receipt fell out. And I forgot that I had actually bought them in Yukaipa when we first moved there. <laughs> but for whatever reason, I had convinced myself that it came with the car. And so, anyway, it was real dumb. But we all thought it was real funny that I, like, forgot that I actually bought the chains. That's I remember so- now having gone in there. I went to the place right over here on the boulevard by the Arco, kind of, and bought chains. Oh, yeah, O'Reilly's. Yeah, but I blocked it out of my brain entirely. <laughs> so you convinced know. yourself that they just came with the car. Yeah, I, and they had, there's a perfect spot in the wheel well. You know, like uh, like where the spare tire is. Like there's a little thing in the back. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You lift up the bottom. Like I don't know what you call that there, but there's a little spot there where they fit perfectly, and it's tucked in there. It feels like it was made with the car, but it's not. I bought them there. So, <laughs> so you bought them and then found that perfect spot and then convinced yeah. yourself that they just came with. And also left the receipt tucked next to it for, you know, the years later. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> for a good whatever thing that reason. you did. So that way you could prove yeah. yourself wrong. <laughs> yeah, because I was convinced. Anyway, this story may be only funny to a few people, but to my family, everyone thinks it's hilarious. It's a running gag. Like, oh, you got the chains that came with your car. So... <laughs> I don't know. In case you ever hear that, you'll understand why everyone's like making fun of me because I thought the car came with chains. <laughs> well, uh, that is a pretty funny story, actually. It's a very niche audience, but yeah. We were going to take our car, and then at the last minute, it was giving us a lot of trouble. That's a long drive to go with trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've actually done that drive before and had trouble. And when you're pulled over in some small town and you're just waiting hours and hours and hours to either get your car fixed or find a rental car and keep going, you kind of lose some of the fun of uh, the travel. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Agreed. So we decided to rent a car kind of at the last minute and we were able to get one. And then, you know, I said, Oh, do you guys have like the chains and stuff for them that, you know, we could rent too. Cause you know, they rent like car seats and other stuff. They told me, they go, no, no, you can't put chains or anything on, on a rental car. And I go, Oh, okay. So, so, all right, yeah, no problem. So, I just went, chain? I'm like, but they rent cars in places where it snows, and you know you're going to have to put chains on. So, how does that work? Yeah, leave it to California. Well, it's because no one down here can fathom that there's somewhere in California that would have, you know, snow, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we uh, ended up getting there fine. Just took a little bit longer, and, you know, we, we had a great time while we were there, and Came home. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I also managed to avoid doing chains, even though we went to a couple of mountainous places. There was snow, but, like, we left right as the snow was hitting, or we got there right after it had cleared, and so it was a good chain-free Christmas. That's always a win in my book, you know? Chain-free Christmas. Absolutely. That's all I, all I truly wanted for Christmas. That was my one Christmas wish. <laughs> it was your two front chains? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're only a few minutes in and people are already turning off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of niche audiences, I have one quick thing I got to mention because one of the things I did over the break was I was a guest on another podcast. What? And I have to just give him a shout out. And the audience for this other podcast and this one probably have a very small, small overlap. But the overlap is people who want to hear me talk more. 
Oh, yeah. So I figured it's worth mentioning because, you know, I do talk here and then I talk on this other show as well. Well, and you talk <laughs> so we don't have to. That's right. That's my podcast, the Mandarin Orange show that I do with Janelle. Nice. But um, I actually got invited as a guest on the show. It's called The Good Patron Podcast. And it can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay. The show itself is about Christian musicians or Christian bands that do crowdfunding campaigns. So Kickstarter or Indiegogo or other similar platforms like that. And they actually had me on their year in review special episode to talk about all of the campaigns that I, you know, backed and supported over the last year in 2021, which is definitely a strong audience for the people that care about that. But if you don't know what we're talking about, it's a very, very niche audience there. So I recommend it. It's a great show. But, you know, if you want to hear me. Yeah. What's it called again? It's called The Good Patron. The Good Patron. As okay. in, like, you know, you're a patron. You support, like, a band by, you know, doing a Kickstarter or whatever. Sure. So how many uh, different... Projects did you back? Uh, of the ones on their list, because they have like certain ones that they cover on the show. Okay. I only did 11 last year. That they covered? That they covered. Okay. And I think I had like one other that I did that wasn't on their list, but I did give them a shout out still. So. Oh, nice. Okay, good. But it was a little bit like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, because I did 11, and I thought that's pretty good. That's a lot of like, you know, supportive bands and stuff, and yeah. I was easily by far the smallest number for the other people that did their urine review so oh wow but i have you know like i have to have a budget you know like there's it costs money to do those things so. yeah it does it does and you have a family so that's right and there's no way to keep a budget when you have a family i only was able to do 11 kickstarter backings anyway that's all i'll say about that but it is you know if you guys are interested the good patron podcast i'm on the urine review episode so you can find me there Excellent. Well, we'll definitely have to check that out. One other like announcement, or well, it's more of like an an interesting mention before we get into this episode. Uh, so Janelle and I have been watching a show called Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is a show by Larry David, who did Seinfeld, and but it's like an HBO show, like very adult language and such, so not recommended for children or anything like that. But uh, we've been watching through it, and there are two, no, three episodes that feature. Significant Family Ties alumni appearances. Oh, really? Yes. So I just had to mention, there's one episode that Michael Gross, Stephen Keaton, plays uh, one of Larry's doctors. And it's really funny. I think that's in like season eight, maybe. Okay. Something like that. Or maybe seven. And then season, no, because at the end of season eight is Michael J. Fox. There's a whole episode about Michael J. Fox. As Michael J. Fox or just... You? As Michael J. Fox, yeah. Oh, interesting. A lot of times they have actors play themselves or, you know, a fictionalized version of themselves on the show. So he's got a whole episode about him. And then in season 10, I want to say, or maybe it's the end of season 9, I can't remember exactly around in there, he makes one more, like, reappearance Kind of referring back to his earlier episode. Nice. There is some uh, Family Ties folks in there. Well, if you're interested. Funny you mentioned that because we, ID and I, and actually uh, my boys, we started watching uh, WandaVision again. Because oh, Heidi yes. had never seen it. And so we burned oh. through about five or six episodes one night. And so she actually hasn't seen the finale yet. We have two episodes okay. to go. She hasn't watched it. We were going to watch it tonight, she said. And I go, well, no, we're going to record. And so she goes, oh, yeah, okay, do that. We'll watch it tomorrow night. 
But uh, she watched the very special episode, and she's like, oh, my gosh, that really is the Family Ties house. And I said, 100%, stairway, everything. So All the way down to, like, kiss the cook sign and everything. Yes. And so that was kind of a fun throwback because, you know, I just watched it a year ago when she had COVID. So. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're watching it under better circumstances now. Much better. Much better. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that episode. That show is great. And that was like, I was like shouting out loud. I was so excited when I saw that. Oh, so good. Yeah. I forgot how much I really enjoyed that show. Yeah, it, it was great. Marvel's been like. Really, I, I believe the phrase is batting a thousand. Yes, it is actually. That's the sports term for it, right? Yeah. Are you using sports references because the name of the episode of Family Ties that we saw tonight has a sports reference as well? You got it because there are a lot of sports things in this episode and I didn't understand much of it. So you may need to explain <laughs> some of the things here uh, for me. Okay, well, I'll do my best. Sha la la la. All right, well, let's get into the episode then. Yes, tell us all about it. Well, we start off with Alex playing with Andy in his little crib or bassinet, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, showing him a picture of Ronald Reagan. <laughs> He's talking about how what a great president he is. And Stephen, of course, being the more liberal, is like, no, stop it. You know, this is like one of the... I, I don't know. We haven't had like a good Republican Democrat thing on our show recently. Like, I feel like it's been a while since they've kind of done that whole bit. Yeah, it's definitely been a while. Of course, Stephen, you know, grabs a sign away, but Alex then pulls out the little stuffed elephant and he's like, Republican, <laughs> which for people who aren't familiar, that's like the, you know, symbol of the Republican Party is an elephant. And then the donkey is the Democratic Party. So, you know, in case people don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure why those two animals, but, you know, whatever. I don't know. That's American history for you right there. (laughs) I know, and I have no idea. (laughs) So then we've got Jennifer and Mallory and Elise come in. And first of all, Mallory, you may notice, her hair is all of a sudden quite a bit longer than it's been. Yeah. That was, uh, and we we didn't, like, hit the break, her Christmas break, did we? No, this was uh, this is October, so like it's right in the middle of it. According to IMDb and other places, it was an episode that was like shot out of order, mm. and it, this is the order that it was aired in. But it was shot, you know, in a different order. So before she got her haircut, and before Nick, before then. she got her haircut. Yes, and so it's interesting because in this episode, you know, Jen comes in and everyone's talking about Adam, and they're kind of teasing. She says it's her friend, but everyone knows that it's really her boyfriend. And um, she's excited because she's going to go to the sixth grade dance with him. She talks about how he she asked him out by some baseball story where she, like, knocked him over. But there was a lot of details in there I was hazy on. <laughs> yeah, she was stealing a base, and then she charged him, and she knocked him out. And as soon as he regained his consciousness, she asked him to the dance. She asked him to the dance. That's right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she just she ran it down uh, to beat the ball and score a point. Well, the way that she said it was very complicated. Yeah. I did actually Google what a designated hitter was. Okay. So that I would at least understand the title of the episode, which is they like, they can hit for the pitcher. So the pitcher doesn't have to bat. Correct. But why doesn't the pitcher want to bat? Uh, well, cause pitchers typically aren't your stronger batters. Oh, okay. But they have to take a turn to have just somebody, you know, strike out or get out easily. They put a designated hitter in so that way they can uh, try to, you know, move batters around and and get some points. 
So does the designated hitter run if they get a hit, or does the pitcher have to run for them? No, no. So they they run. They actually take the entire turn of hitting. They just take running the, the whole thing. Yeah, it's like a substitute. Exactly. That would have been a more easy way to say it than I think. Well, maybe they didn't think of it because I didn't. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we need to call our friends John and Mike from uh, the Halo Brothers podcast. I know they would be they would be mortified if they knew. <laughs> If they could only see it from through my eyes, you know, they might understand. Like, <laughs> well, I know Mike uh, listens to pretty much every episode, too, so I, I expect to get uh, some, some feedback on this one. He'll probably be yanking his hair out hearing me try to understand this here. You know? <laughs> right. And he'll be like, why didn't you say this? If they did a whole section right here where they were all speaking in a foreign language that I didn't know, I wouldn't understand it any less than I did when she was talking about that scene. So, oh, see? You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is America's pastime, so I think we're probably bad. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I have been to a baseball game occasionally. I think I've been to like three or four baseball games in my life. So. Wow. My grandparents, my, my grandma in particular, was very into baseball, so she did take me as a kid a few times. Okay. But to Angels games, right? Uh, I've been to, let's see, two or three Dodgers games. I can't remember for sure. It was two or three and then one Angels game. Okay. But the Angels was better, right? I pretty much could tell you which hot dog I like the most. Oh, sure. The Angel dog because it's made with uh, heavenly meat. I don't know. I was really into the Dodger dog as a kid. But regardless, <laughs> what I really liked is that they have those little crank things like they have at Costco where you can get all the onions you want. Oh, yeah. And I would just pile onions on the hot dog. Like, that's basically <laughs> – that's my my memory of a baseball game. There, you got so. an onion dog. Onion dog, yep. Mm, that that's sounds all you good. Can eat. Well, fun fact, the Dodger dog got changed last season. It's uh, no. no longer made by Farmer John, so – Ooh, who took over? Uh, it's another local sausage company. Farmer Frank? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I can't remember what company name it is. I mean, if you want, I'll, I'll Google it right now and find out. So, it's uh, Papa Cantella is now making the Dodger Dog. Papa Cantella. Yeah. And you can actually get them in grocery stores like Vaughn's, Albertsons and Ralph's all throughout Southern California. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to have one, you can just have one at the grocery store. You don't have to go sit through a whole baseball game for it. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's about my baseball conversation. All right. We crushed it. <laughs> this is this is why Mike and John have never invited me to be a guest on their show. That could be the case. That could be. That's pretty much all they would get out of me. <laughs> so oh, anyway, guess back to family ties. All right. So the family is, uh, you know... Talking with Jen about it. I love there's a part where Alex is, uh, he's like, come on, Jen, just admit it. He's your boyfriend. Like, we're your family. We're not going to make fun of you. And then she's like, okay, fine. He's my boyfriend. And he's like, Jennifer's got a boyfriend. <laughs> Which is great. And then, Al- and then Elise is like, Alex, stop tormenting your sister. And he's like, mom, I just started. <laughs> to me, there was a lot of laughs in this episode. I thought this one was really funny. Oh, yeah, it was You funny, said you didn't have as many laughs in this episode before. I didn't we get as like, many of the jokes per hour, though. Because for me, the big belly laughs in this episode were Alex and Mallory's whole thing with the IQ test. Because this starts here as well. Gold. Alex is, he's been, uh, he's been taking, he took an IQ test and he's testing and he wants to take 
uh, have someone who would do poorly on the test so we can compare, you know, see how accurate it is. And so he tries to convince Mallory to take the test for him and she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to feel dumb. And she's like, I don't want to take your stupid test. And he's like, it's not a stupid test. <laughs> if it was a stupid test, it's an intelligent test. If it was a stupid test, you'd do well on it. <laughs> and she's like, oh, just miserable. And finally, he's like, we'll give you 10 bucks. She's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, see, she's no dummy. She knows that uh, so, to do it, you got to get paid. That's right. She got it out of him. And as if to prove her case, when she goes and takes the test, it turns out that Mallory, she says, it's 139 and 137. I'm two points smarter than you are. <laughs> she beat Alex. And this sets she off to did. me, like, this whole bit all the way through, Alex is just dying. He's like, the test is off. There's no way that Mallory's smarter than me. And uh, and then the story throughout, we'll come back to Jennifer in a minute, but the story all throughout is uh, Mallory like decides she's going to start acting smart because she got she did so well on the test. So she, in a later scene, she comes in and she's got her hair done up and she's got a pair of glasses on and she's dressed all fancy and she's trying to use big words, although she frequently misuses a lot of the words. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. Her smartosity. <laughs> Yeah, your quasi-clever remarks are wasted on someone with my smartitude. <laughs> smartitude. Uh. And it just absolutely drives Alex like crazy. Like uh he calls he calls up the company, which was the Cosgrove Roger IQ test. I could not find anything about that being a real IQ test, so I think that was just made up. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But he calls up the company, and they're like, yo, can you tell us the purpose of your call? And he said, the purpose of my call is this. My sister is a moron. <laughs> <laughs> your test is flawed. <laughs> your test is flawed, and they, they hang up with him. They won't help him. And um, he brings Skippy in as a, you know, to test Skippy and see, you know, is the test really working? Skippy takes the test and he's like, uh, Skippy, according to this, you have no IQ. <laughs> and then Skippy's like, oh, that's better than I did last time. You know, <laughs> <laughs> He had negative IQ points last time. <laughs> he had negative IQ. Oh my gosh, I love Skippy. Even like in a little bit like he had in this episode. So anyway, back to Jennifer now. There's, you know, an Abe story and a B story. You know, we see her at school with her friend Adam. He comes over and stops by the house. And then later at school, they're eating at lunch. And these bullies start to come into the cafeteria. And Adam's like, oh, we need to get out of here. And Jen's like, why? And then the bully comes up and they grab his lunch and they're tossing it around. And, you know, he's, try he's like, stop it, stop it. And the bully, uh, Ricky is his name, keeps coming after him, eventually grabs his baseball hat off, which Jennifer had given to him earlier. And Jennifer's had enough of it. She gets up and tells him, you better leave him alone. And when he doesn't, she socks him in the stomach. Yeah, she put a beating on that kid. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> and uh, I also think, like, the gang of bullies... I mean, they did a good job of acting, but, man, they did not look like a gang of bullies. It looked like a bunch of... You know, rich actor kids trying to pretend to be gang of bullies. Yeah, exactly. Oh, let me pop my collar. This makes me look tough. They, there was so much collar popping in the scene. Like, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess bullies in the 80s were just, like, more fashion conscious. Oh, sure. Know? Well, they wanted to make sure that uh, their collar was up so it didn't impede their neck movement. That's right. That's right. <laughs> when you're throwing a punch, you don't want that collar to get in the way. Right? You don't want that to slow you down. 
So Jennifer comes home from school and hands Stephen and Elise a note, sticks her head through the banister, and I thought she was going to get it stuck in there. I was kind of concerned for her safety yeah. there for a minute. And lets them know she got in big trouble because she punched a kid in the stomach. And, of course, Stephen and Elise are very stern about it. They send her upstairs, and as soon as she's out of earshot, they're, like, so proud of her for punching this kid. I hope, he gave, hope she gave it to him good, you know? Right? <laughs> I thought hippies were pacifists. Well, yes, but I think they were happy that she was, like, standing up for someone, you know? I don't know. They definitely wanted you know, her to do it other ways than violence, but I think they were proud of her. Well, and I do think, too, the fact that she's a girl and she put a beat down on a boy, that probably made them proud, too. Anyway, so then, you know, the whole, the whole scene with the IQ test happens. He, she's excited because Adam's coming over and then he comes over and lets her know that he never wants to see her again because, basically, because she embarrassed him because he had to, you know, everyone now thinks that he has to have a girl stick up for him against the bullies and he can't fight his own fights. And she's, like, devastated because she was just trying to help. Yeah. And it does seem very unfair that he would act that way. I mean, if that was me... If I was in school and I knew like that my girlfriend could beat up the bullies, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> look out, my girlfriend's going to beat you up. <laughs> right? I'm going to sit here and eat my lunch still and let her take care of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not dealing with you. But, you know, <laughs> I guess it's different. I didn't have a girlfriend in sixth grade, so I, I don't know how I would have really responded, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Was a bully situation really real like that? Because I don't – like I went to some dicier schools. I don't remember anything like that. I think it's a heightened thing. Because there, I definitely had some kids that bullied me to a certain degree in, in middle school. Middle school is rough, you know. But yeah. it wasn't like that. It's not like they came in and socked me in the stomach and then ran out. It was more like, you know, I mean, there's obviously teasing sometimes. I also had, like, some kids, like, I, you know, I did very well in school, and so I had some kids, like, threaten to beat me up if I didn't help them with their work, you know, tell me answers, and uh, stuff like that. I didn't actually get beat up. There there were definitely, kids are mean in junior high. Yes, they are. And junior high is the worst. By the time I got to high school, I'm like, I don't care what these people say. What what was wrong with me, you know? But Yeah, exactly. <laughs> junior high, it feels like it's real important, so. Yeah, it does. But we didn't have a specific gang that roved around and popped their collars the whole time. So. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. Ricky and the Bandits. <laughs> it was not, no. <laughs> After getting advice uh, from both Alex and Mallory about how to handle it, Mallory thinks that Jennifer should you know, try to trick him into uh, wanting to be her, her boyfriend again. Demonstrates on poor, <laughs> poor innocent Skippy about how you can they can trick a boy into doing what they want. You know, Alex tells her to be honest with them and just be yourself. And of course, Mallory says, "Well, you should take advice from the person who's more intelligent in the situation." <laughs> the intelligence <laughs> emanates from. <laughs> Jennifer tries back at school. Jennifer uh, goes and sits down next to Adam. Tries Mallory's technique. Drops her books on the floor, and he's not—he's not having it. No. But then she has an open conversation, honest conversation with him. The bullies come back in. Jennifer starts to get up to protect him again, and Adam pushes her back—not pushes her, but you know, stops her from going over there. And he stands up to Ricky. With words, and he is very, you know, talks him down, tells him about how he's going to go to jail eventually if he beats him up, <laughs> and eventually actually talks himself out of it, and the boys go off and, and leave him alone. They looked a little confused, too, when they walked away. 
They weren't sure exactly what he did, but they knew that they, he beat him somehow. <laughs> they didn't want any part of it. <laughs> and they did not. He did not want to have to go to the juvenile detention center or whatever this weird kid is talking about. Yeah. So uh, eventually Adam comes back over and talks to Jennifer and says that he does, you know, want to be her friend again. He does want to go to the dance. They figure out they're going to go to the dance again. And she's all happy and she socks him on the arm. And we get a freeze frame. Freeze frame. Oh, such a good episode. And I think it's great that we had, you know, we had a two-parter with Alex and his big romance. Then we had Mallory in the last episode with Nick and her new romance. And now we got Jennifer's new romance. Yeah, Jennifer's in sixth grade. She's getting ready to go to dances. She's, I I mean, I don't know if you caught it, but uh, when she went to go meet up with Adam after when he had not been speaking to her for a while, she was wearing like a full dress. She had earrings that kind of matched the color of her dress. She even had like a quasi high heel on too. She's all like growing up. I know. She was really bringing her A game to get him back. Well, it worked. Yeah. Well, we'll see how long they stay together. Well, I'll fill you in on that when we talk about our guest stars. Oh, I can't wait. In fact, maybe we should just jump into guest stars right now because we got some important guest stars to cover. Yeah, I feel like sometimes the story of the bully is almost like a never-ending story. And so I just can't wait to see who our guest stars are. Sha-la-la-la! First up, we had Adam, Jennifer's boyfriend. Okay. Adam is played by Noah Hathaway, who I'm sure... Most of our listeners probably recognize right away as a Treyu from the Neverending Story. What? What are the chances that would be? I know. <laughs> he, uh, I mean, that's definitely, at least to me, his most uh, famous role, probably to most people. He did, however, before that, before he was in the Neverending Story, had an ongoing role on the original Battlestar Galactica series. As Boxy, he was a kid on the show. Really? For 21 episodes, yeah. Oh, dang. He was not entirely unknown when he got cast in The NeverEnding Story. I just remember the robot that went biddy biddy biddy. I remember seeing a few episodes as a kid. I don't remember it well. I think I liked it as a kid. I remember it being cool. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, there was robots and all kinds of stuff. Lasers. Laser beams. Like Star Wars. Yep. (laughs) So. Laser beams. So Noah Hathaway, he has 28 acting credits. He kind of took a break for a long time, although he has done some stuff in more recent years, mostly like some straight to video, like horror movies in the last, like, I think his most recent one was like 2016, something like that. So, you know, not a whole lot. Mostly he kind of was active in the eighties and in the nineties, early nineties. That kind of surprises me that he uh, didn't get busier. Well, he did, I guess, according to his biography on IMDb, he took a break from, like, acting to do, like, he did a lot of martial arts and actually taught martial arts and had, like, a school um, where he did some stuff. He also does tattooing and ran a tattoo parlor for a while. So, he's kind of got a few different things that he's done throughout the years. Oh, I wonder where his tattoo parlor is. I just got one today. You did? I did. Are you serious? What did you you get? Um, I got two crossed arrows. And then all of my kids' initials in each of the open spaces on the arrows. And this is on your lower back? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's right next to the coaster. <laughs> no, it's on my forearm, on my right hand. Oh, okay. That's, that seems a little classier. I guess. Well. That's good. That's good. You haven't seen it. That's so awesome. Maybe, yeah. That'd maybe, be really cool to get a tattoo from a Treyu. 
Yeah, how cool would that be? Oh, I don't know. Gosh. I mean, this is IMDb like biography, so I don't know how up to date it is. Well, um, I got to find but, a way to, to connect with that guy. Yeah, that would be cool. If you could get an Atreyu tattoo, that would be like epic. Right? I mean, I feel like everybody would be like, oh, let me get the Luck Dragon or something, you know, silly. <laughs> <laughs> or the uh, the Oracles, you know. Oh, yeah, the Oracles. Gosh, yeah. what was the name of his horse? I would get the horse. Artex. Yeah. <laughs> you can't give up on me and then Artex is dead. Yep. <laughs> that whole movie, most of the dialogue is people yelling other people's names. <laughs> Atreyu, Artex, Bastion, say my name. It's all I, uh, I don't know what your name is. Gamork. <laughs> Gamork. Yep. They seem like big, strong hands, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and Noah Hathaway was in this episode. Oh, that was so great. Heidi caught him, like, right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, as soon as he walks in, you can tell it's him. Yeah. Different hair, obviously, but very much a trade. Oh, totally him. Well, and he's wearing a sweater versus, like, a loincloth or something. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have, like, the big beaded necklace and things like that. Yeah, the leather pants. <laughs> it's him. You can tell. Yeah. <laughs> So he also did some like a bunch of TV show appearances like Chips and Mork and Mindy and Laverne and Shirley, things like that. He did a couple episodes of um, CBS Story Break, like the after school specials, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he was, oh, he did do a Magical World of Disney as well. So he did a lot of things. But there's one other one on his list here that I had to mention. This is a fascinating connection here. So he was in the 1986 movie Troll. This came out after The NeverEnding Story. He actually got cast based on his performance in The NeverEnding Story. Okay. Have you ever seen Troll? I never have, but I know it's a horror-style kind of movie. Yeah, it's like a PG-13, you know, it's not like super scary, but like PG-13, 1986 monster movie, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, about a troll that comes and attacks people or whatever. It also, this movie happens to be Julia Louis-Dreyfus's first acting role. So he's in this movie with her. What? Who is Elaine in Seinfeld. Yes. Who also later goes on to be in an episode of, spoiler alert, Family Ties. As well as what? she also is featured in the spinoff show that Nick did. Oh, that's right. She's the love interest in that. Yes. So. And she's also in Christmas Vacation. And Christmas Vacation. That's right. Right. So another interesting thing about Troll is that a few years later, they made a movie called Troll 2. Which had nothing to do with the first troll, but the other, it's a totally different group of people that made it, but they wanted to like piggyback off the success of this movie called Troll, so they made a movie called Troll 2 that incidentally apparently does not feature any trolls what? in the movie, but they just wanted to, you know, get some money off of it. And it's one of those like infamously bad movies that people, you know, watch because it's so terrible. I have not actually watched it, but I understand it's worth watching just for how bad it is. So. <laughs> It would have been really funny if they would have called it Troll 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> now, that would have been clever, yes. <laughs> it still could have featured the same amount of Troll. Now, one final interesting thing about Troll is in the movie, Noah Hathaway, our actor we're discussing, the role that he plays mm -hmm. is a character named Harry Potter. No way. Yes way. It's Harry Potter Jr., and in the movie, his dad is Harry Potter Sr., what? And they're in a world, it's a fantasy world, where trolls and other magic creatures come in, and he's, you know, living a normal life, and then he, like, gets sucked into a fantasy world with all these fantasy creatures. Do you think that that's where she got that? 
at the time that she released the, the, the books, the makers of the movie Troll considered suing her. And she went on record and claimed that she did not get it from them. She'd never heard of their movie, that she, you know, has like a story of how she made up the name and everything. And I guess a lawsuit never ensued. But it is remarkable that Harry Potter is the name of the character of a kid who was in the real world and then gets sucked into a fantasy world. So all I know is not only is he a Treyu, but he's also the first Harry Potter. He's the first Harry Potter. That's right. Well, I guess he'd be the second because his dad would have been the first. Well, yeah. He's the first <laughs> Harry Potter Jr. <laughs> Dang, that's so crazy. I went in a little bit of a like rabbit hole looking into this whole troll thing. And it's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't wait to watch Troll. The cast is insane. Like, I didn't write down everyone in it, but there's a lot of actors you'll recognize in it, too. It's very interesting. I've never watched it, but I, I think I'm going to have to now. Up next, we have Ricky, the bully, played by Danny Nucci. Danny Nucci has 99 acting credits, and he's been in a ton of stuff. And I'm, I'm not sure what you know him from, but you probably know him from at least one of these things. Oh, yeah. He's super familiar. His The biggest role that he has, uh, he's in a TV show called The Fosters. And he's, he's Mike Foster, and he's in 88 episodes of it. That was one of those ABC Family shows. I never saw it. He also has been in, like, every CSI, Criminal Minds, The Mentalist, Without a Trace, NCIS, any one of those, like, crime shows. He's done at least an appearance on, like, all of them. Okay. I probably have seen him on CSI because I think I've seen every, every one of those iterations. He had a role in the movie Titanic as Fabrizio. Oh, that's right. He was the, the friend that, uh, you know, they were all playing cards or something. And that's how Leo got on the boat. So, I mean, that's a pretty big role there. Yeah. And he had a recurring role for 16 episodes on Falcon Crest. What? As Gabriel Ortega. So he had to be young then still on Falcon Crest. Yeah, because he was in 1989. So four years after this one. So I, I probably don't remember that. As much as I remembered the other things. The later yeah. stuff, yeah. yeah. But he's around, and I mean, again, 99 credits. I didn't write them all down, so it's possible there's something else that you know him from. But he's definitely been around. Yeah. Also in the 1985 movie Explorers, which we've talked about before with Ethan Hawke and River Phoenix. Yeah, and they get in the orb. And he played a bully in that one, too. Oh, <laughs> Man, talk about typecast. I know. Oh, and I forgot to mention this real quick with Noah Hathaway. That was his only episode. What? We don't get Adam. There's no, no more Adam? Adam? Oh, poor Jennifer. And this is the only time we have Ricky also. This is their only episode for both of them. Well, I guess Jennifer moved on to a different school. No more no more Ricky, no more Adam. This is the end of her romantic journey for this, this guy, but I'm sure there'll be more. Well, I hope so. She deserves love. Yeah, and after he, like, didn't want to talk to her because she stood up for him, I don't blame him for not sticking around. <laughs> I mean, she go to the dance with him, and then you can do better, Jennifer. You don't need this guy Right, anymore. no. He's a loser. So another actor that was credited is a kid who played student, which I'm pretty sure, because the only other person that had a line is one of the bullies, like, toady kids, like the assistant bully, who said something like, let's get out of here, Ricky. <laughs> I'm assuming it's that kid. Yeah, you're probably he's the only right. Other kid that had a line. That. Yeah, he was played by a kid named Simon Burgess, and he has one credit as an actor, and it's this episode. So, well, I mean, if you're going to go out, go out on the high, you know, Family Ties. Yeah. Woo. That's it. I hit the That's peak. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
So finally, the last uh, credited guest star is the teacher who comes in and gets, you know, calls Jennifer into the office. I think he had like two lines, maybe. Yeah. You and get over here, something along those lines. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody skips out and nobody ever goes, hey, grab those kids or hey, oh, that was, you know, four kids. I already know their names. I'll just get them later. Just that that's what I want. He walked in on it, saw one kid and called in that one person without looking into the situation at all. Yeah. You know, it's always convenient when there's going to be fights and like you're in the cafeteria and there's no lunch people around. There's no staff. There's nothing because that happens all the time. That never happened. Like there was never a time when there wasn't an adult around at least a little bit, at least not inside. Right. Maybe out on the field. But even then there was like yard duty people. They may not be like watching you, but they're around. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're constantly doing the 360 too, so. Obviously, there's times when a bully could find a time to pick on a kid. I'm not saying there's not, but sure. that was like a long scene of them all gathered around, fight, fight, fight kind of thing, and no adults anywhere to be seen. That's, <laughs> that's probably a bit of a stretch. There. Right. Just a little bit. So the teacher was played by an actor named Andre Marcellus, and he has only four acting credits, so we'll just go through all four of them. Mm-hmm. He was in eight episodes of NYPD Blue as desk sergeant. So he had a recurring role, probably had like a line here and there. I don't know. Yeah. I'm assuming. He also had a recurring role on Murder One for, what is that, four episodes, three episodes as a reporter. Hmm. Interesting. I don't remember that show at all. I don't either. 96 to 97. Didn't, I don't think it was on very long. No. He was on a TV show called The Young Writers. He did one episode. Of that. Okay. And then he did this one episode of Family Ties, and that's it. Wow. Does he have a famous brother, Winton? Winton Marcellus? Yeah. He's the uh, the jazz player. Oh. Got a blind spot musically for me there. I have no... Oh, yeah. No. Very little jazz knowledge. Okay. Well, not a big jazz head, I guess. That's okay. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't mention. There was not a lot of biography information about this guy. Oh, well. I guess with four credits, they're just like, well... That's it. Unless he wants to write it up himself, you know. Well, he was one of the young writers. That's true. Yeah. He could have. <laughs> but it's R-I-D-E-R. Oh. <laughs> well, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> We're so punny. Oh, and that's the guest stars. Good group. Sha-la-la-la. So what other stuff, what other, any other gags or stuff you noticed you wanted to mention in this episode? When the bullies were all talking... And Adam was talking to the bully. He's like, oh, you know, did you happen to kick any puppies on the way to school? And Ricky's all, (laughs) couple. (laughs) (laughs) He's so tough, he kicks puppies. (laughs) Right. Uh, And then uh, when Alex and Mallory redid the IQ test, you know, she, of course, is gloating and runs out. And Alex looks over to his parents and he goes, "Uh, uh, am I smart? I'm not dumb, am I? And Stephen goes, oh, Alex, you're a nice boy, Alex. You're a nice boy. (laughs) Uh, And then one of my favorites was uh, when Adam comes over and Stephen and Elise had just sat down with some popcorn. And then uh, they get up and they're like, Stephen's like, well, you know, uh, Mrs. Keaton and I were just getting ready to go upstairs. And he stops and he looks at Elise and she goes to install solar panels on the roof. (laughs) <laughs> and then Stephen goes, yeah, they weren't working so good down in the basement. <laughs> in the basement. 
It's like, where did that come from? <laughs> I like that they felt the need to make an excuse for going upstairs. I think it would have just been easier to say, hey, we'll give you guys a minute. I mean, that's a natural thing to say. But then they gave her the popcorn. Yeah. They left their popcorn <laughs> with them. They didn't even eat it. Just sat there. And Janelle pointed out, and it was a really weird bowl of popcorn. Yeah. Like a big glass dish, almost like a cake plate looking thing. Kind of deep, flat cake shape. Yeah. It was not, I mean, we just have like a big, deep, round bowl. I mean, I, th- I thought everybody has that. Well, we have a couple of them, so yeah. I don't know. Flat doesn't seem like it's good. Because you got to have it round at the bottom so you can scrape up all the, you know, bits of butter or salt or whatever is at the bottom. Oh, yeah. And you don't, like, glass. I mean, that's just heavy. You're going to drop it, and now you got, you know, broken yeah, glass and popcorn all over you. It's got to be plastic or metal. We have, I had a metal bowl growing up. Oh, it's like a mixing bowl, huh? That works well for it as well. Oh, yeah. And I think because Janelle showed me a TikTok of this like not too long ago, I think this might be fairly universal, but those giant bowls also double as barf bowls if someone's sick. So they have a bowl to cling on to in case they're going to throw up. <laughs> so we actually have our very own special barf bowls. That's all their, that's their <laughs> yeah. only job. That's just the, for bar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They hang out in the bathroom cupboard until you need one, and then boom. <laughs> it's probably good, but I just know that a lot of times those large bowls that are used for popcorn are also do double duty as a barf bowl. Yeah, that would kind of jack with me mentally, I think. could see that, for sure. Yeah. I'm already weak-minded. I don't need to ruin my popcorn. <laughs> so what about, like, uh, the dough pickle salt and all those weird flavors? You know, there's ranch... Oh, yeah, I'd do any of those. Ugh. Yeah. I'm a purist. Oh, no, I'd dump it on there, too. Like, so much so that there's, like, a layer of powder at the bottom of the bowl, and you kind of scrape it up with the popcorn. (laughs) I'd do that for sure. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, popcorn's really just a means of getting the powder into you. Uh, (laughs) Sure. It's got to go on something. Or an edible utensil for powder. (laughs) Right. An edible utensil. Sha-la-la-la. I kind of glossed over this, but they did retest, like you mentioned, and Mallory winds up getting a higher score again than Alex. They both went up a point, and she's still ahead of him by two points. And so Alex is just devastated, and she's consoling him. She's like, don't worry, Alex. A person of your intelligence can still lead a normal life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was so funny. He was so devastated by that, too. It was so great. His well, both of them in this to me the Mallory and Alex dynamic in this episode like totally made the whole thing. Like they were so funny. It was so good. And the fact that she beat him not only once but twice. And then he <laughs> had know. to pay her for it. He paid her to beat him. Paid her ten dollars to show that she's smarter than him. <laughs> That's gotta be one of the worst days of his life. And then poor Skippy. I thought that at one point I thought they were going to make Skippy be smarter than Alex also. But then they just went the opposite direction. He has no IQ. <laughs> yeah, they doubled down on him being dumb. Which is fantastic. Oh, poor Skipford. <laughs> he's so great, though. He is. I'm always sad when he has such a small part. And, you know, he's only in the episode for like two or three minutes. Because I feel like, man, we're yeah. burning a good Skippy episode. But there's some gold there. There is gold. There's always gold because he's Skippy, but still. I know. You want like another Skippy-centric episode. I do. I want all. I want Skippy and Mallory to go back down to the basement and put on more costumes. 
Well, and I'm excited. It's hard, too, because, like, Nick just got introduced, and then we're already at Nicholas episode. So. <laughs> we didn't have our Nicholas? We didn't have our Nicholas. It was Nicholas. <laughs> Nicholas. So, next, hopefully next episode, we'll have Nick and Skip. Ooh, yeah, because there's definitely going to be a dynamic there between those two, I'm sure. They both are in love with Mallory, who's now smarter than Alex. Sha-la-la-la! What was the moral? Uh, So the moral I had is just be yourself. It's the best thing you can be. Being true and being honest is the best you. It's good. Unless you're a serial killer. (laughs) You might want to suppress that a little bit. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You might want to get help on those if that's the, the true you. But yeah, so Jennifer obviously, you know, was her best version of herself when she was true to herself. And the other moral that I observed is that intelligence takes all forms, all different forms, because Mallory definitely does not have the school smarts that Alex does, but she's smart in a lot of different ways. Remember, she has fabric smarts. I was just going to say, she has fabric smarts. I think that's what Alex forgot, is that her fabric smarts kicked in. Oh, yeah. She probably got some bonus points for that. Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, fabric questions on tests. (laughs) Although I've been working with a client on fabric, and uh, it's it's way more critical than uh, I even knew. So you're getting some fabric smarts as well. I am. I am. Gradation is everything, you know? Mm. Making sure the uh, fabric is not absorbent to uh, spills is also critical. Unless it's like a chamois, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, <laughs> that becomes way more critical for that uh, that type of a fabric, yeah. yeah. Its whole job <laughs> is to wick that water away. One of the places we stayed at, over the last like couple of months, their towels were like that super soft, like a super soft blanket kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. And it was horrible. Yeah, because they don't get the water off at all. No, it just like pushed the water around on me. I felt like it didn't <laughs> absorb anything and it, ugh, it was awful. Towels got to be like kind of almost rough. I like like a good rough towel. I wanted to scrape the water <laughs> off of me. And a couple layers of skin at the same time. Yeah, why not exfoliate while you're at it, you know? <laughs> yes. Oh. Uh, but I don't know. I do love a soft towel. Well, I'd rather have, you know, soft sheets. I'm okay with that, yeah. Yeah. Although I don't mind a rough sheet either. Really? Yeah. You're such an Either animal. I don't like it's like a flannel sheet. That may be too much, but, you know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, like, mega soft. You, you draw the line at uh, burlap? Yeah. That, that's gone. <laughs> that's too far. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. We have bamboo sheets, and I love them. Really? Yeah, they're super soft. They always feel good. They smell good, especially when you wash them. Oh, it's the best. How's that thread count? Uh, so they don't have a thread count because they're bamboo. It's got oh viscose. Leaf count? Vis- vis- oh. Yeah. Viscosity? No, it's not viscosity, but because <laughs> it's a tree fiber. Interesting. I didn't even know that was a thing. Super soft. We love them. They actually, we bought them before in Hawaii, and then Costco had them uh, last summer. So I bought another set. I was so excited, and I paid oh. half the same price. Now, I wonder how eucalyptus sheets would be. Uh, you're not supposed to eat those. <laughs> it's only for panda bears. Wait, koalas. Oh, koalas eat? Oh, eucalyptus too? Wait, pandas eat bamboo. I thought pa- pandas eat uh, eucalyptus too. You're getting your... Uh, not quite bears mixed up there. <laughs> oh, okay. When you type into Google what eats, penguins is the first thing that came came up. Oh, man, that's so sad. Oh, it's those uh, those seals. What do they call them? Like 
the tiger seals or something, but it's not that. I don't know. Leopard seal. Leopard seal. Okay. Well, shoot. Now I'm going to find out. But by the way, you were right. Koalas are the only uh, animal that can eat the toxic leaf to survive. That's it. So let's find out what eats a penguin. Leopard seals and killer whales. Yeah, That's definitely killer whales. Oh, it's so sad when you watch a killer whale get them. Oh. The leopard seal and killer whales. Yep, yep. It turns out skuas and sheathbills also eat penguin eggs and chicks. That's easier targets there. Sure. Yeah, they don't move as fast. Do you know that they have cruises that go to the southern hemisphere? And yes. they'll go. You can get on Antarctica? I did, yes. They're not cheap. We have looked into that. It's not cheap, but someday that would be cool to do. I've only been to two continents as it is right now, so I could expand elsewhere before I get to there. I heard a guy on a podcast talk about it, and it sounded incredible. I mean, I would definitely like to do that. And you'd have to go in the winter here because it would be summer down there. Yeah, that's right, because it's the southern hemisphere. That's right. And the toilet flushes the opposite direction. You push up on the handle. <laughs> you Maybe. I don't know about that. They could have buttons. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the one thing they do the same in the Southern Hemisphere as they do in the Northern Hemisphere <laughs> end their podcast episodes. Oh, nice. Okay. We should do that. Yeah. They, they do it the same way. They say, thanks so much for listening, everyone. It's great to be back in 2022. And then did they give out their website and email information? They don't. They're very cagey about it in the Southern Hemisphere, but we're going to. (laughs) Okay, good. Because we're in the Northern Hemisphere. So where can people find us online, Phil? Uh, Well, you can find us at alexbkeatonismyfriend.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Please, while you're there, Alex B. Keaton is my friend Facebook page. You can like that and you can also join our group. We'd love to have you there. And, of course, if you would like to send us a message, let us know how you're doing in 2022 or ask us any questions. Tell us how I'm wrong that people do give out their emails in the Southern Hemisphere, and I just made that up off the spot. If you would like to do that, you can write to us at alexpkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com, or you can send us a message on Facebook. If you would like to tell us that your New Year's resolution was to watch more Family Ties and to comment more with us, then we would love to hear that as well. I think that would be a good resolution. People should definitely do that one. I would resolve that myself. I will write to us more. (laughs) That would be so funny. Well, Keith, thank you so much for being here on this episode. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. You could tell I was a little slap happy. I was just excited to be back uh, in the saddle again. It's great to be here. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for hosting as always. Well, I appreciate it. And thank you, listeners. We'll be back again next week. So please join us for another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through. What would we do?